Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Senior Care Live. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. This program is all about educating seniors and their caregivers, helping them make informed decisions. And it's a great place to listen and learn. And so many people consider Senior Care Live appointment radio, and I hope you will too. As always, if you have a question, you can visit online at Senior Care Live, L I V E, SeniorCareLive.com, or you can go old school and give us a phone call at 1 800 331 6445. All right, we have an excellent program for you here today. This is a very hot topic, a very timely topic. We'd like to introduce to you my friend and special guest in studio today, Bruce Glenn, and he's the CIO and owner of the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas. And Bruce, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. All right. And you're going to want to write this phone number down. It's 913-563-7327. 913-563-7327. And you can reach out to Bruce and the great team at the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas. And uh, Bruce... Everything financial is a super, super hot topic right now. So today we're going to talk about will uh, the really super important question, will my money last through retirement? And just a coincidence, earlier this week, absolute true story, I get a call from a lady and she said, I think I'm going to need your help. I'm thinking about you know selling the house and moving to one of these senior care retirement communities that have independent living, assisted living, long-term care. But I don't know if I'm going to have any money left with the stock market and inflation and everything. I don't know if I'm even going to be able to pay for this. And she was legitimately kind of freaking out with me on the phone. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It is a big question that people are concerned about, especially if they don't have a good, solid plan in place and and don't have confidence in that plan. They may not stay the course and they may end up blowing their plan up. So, um, you know, when they get to that point, you need to really go through a lot of detail to, to make sure you're making the right decisions. So what would you say to this lady, and I have no idea uh, what her investments are and what advice that she's received and everything, but, but what would you 
say to her in general? If, if you could, if if you knew this lady and she listens to the show, by the way, so she right. very well may be listening <laughs> today. What what advice would you have for her? You know, at the highest level, a good way to see if your money has a good chance of lasting is uh, there's a what we call a four percent rule. If you're moderately invested in the markets, you know, like kind of a sixty percent equity, forty percent non-equity position. Throughout history, that has held up through your downturns like we're in right now and even through a couple of years downturns. If you didn't spend more than that 4% of your savings nest egg, then you had enough money left over for it to recover and to last. But if you get to where you're taking more than that out, there's been some times, you know, there's Monte Carlo simulations that do this over 100 years of history, but there's been times where it didn't work. So, you know, try not to spend more than 4%. Of your money. Now, at current, even though the Federal Reserve has raised rates, yeah. the, the rates at the bank are still not good. And so you couldn't take 4% out of the money at the bank if you're not getting some kind of reasonable return on your money and, and expect that to last through the ups and downs historically. Okay. All right. So 4%, are you talking about from the principal or your investments are structured to yield you 4% right. yeah. without, so, without messing with the principal? Yeah, the big picture. So say, for example, you're reinvesting your yield and say that you had you know a million dollars and you've yeah. got forty thousand a year that you can take off of that and, okay. and not have a big problem historically speaking. Yeah. Again, it's no guarantee of the future, but back tested that's worked if you're at least moderately invested in the markets. And a good diversified mix of good quality. Okay. See, now I, I always learn something when I talk to you. So four percent. I had not heard that. That's uh that's that's really cool. It's, it's yeah. and, and good there's stuff. there's different simulations out there. That's the that's the one we feel most confident with. Okay. All right. Now, if someone has a question on, you know, their plan and what they're doing and their approach, maybe they've not heard about this 4% idea. Uh, Maybe they've been given some advice. They're kind of, they're kind of crunching their face and like, "Eh, not sure about that. Can you, are you in a position to maybe offer a second opinion? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a great uh, retirement income evaluator. And what that what we do is we gather information. You know how much money do you currently have? What pace are you saving at? Uh, you know when would you like to retire? What does your social security look like for that? And if they don't know exactly what the social security number is, we've got an estimator. Um, but we prefer they get their own you know social security number. And then we uh, it goes through these Monte Carlo simulations through all the different trend lines and gives us an output on both average market conditions and significantly below average market conditions. And it takes into consideration inflation, required minimum distributions, uh, cost of living adjustments, and a lot of different things like that, and the assumed uh, market returns based on how you're invested. So again, if you're invested very conservatively, it's not going to give you as much growth on your money. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a lot of money, that that could be fine. Uh, you know, if you don't have enough money, then you know we always recommend don't try and overreach to make up for it at the last minute because then you can really blow yourself up. You don't want to become too risky. But we've got a great plan. It gives a really good year-by-year output, and you can see exactly, and we explain it to folks, how this tracks and how your money is you know, tracking along year-by-year, if your money going to last or not, and you can see that. Well, I am a huge fan of modeling different situations and inserting assumptions right. uh, to the best of your ability. Uh, I'm working on a huge, huge plan, and I'll be talking about that 
closer to this fall <laughs> with some huge announcements. But I, before I made some big, big decisions in my personal business, I needed to have a model and I needed to insert some assumptions and some growth assumptions and some, I inserted a lot of different costs. And unless I've made a catastrophic error, which I don't believe I have, this thing looks incredible. And so I, that gave me confidence to make a business decision. Well, you're talking about the same thing. This is a business decision, but it, it's for your, per, your money, your personal financial plan. Yeah, absolutely. And like what you're talking about there, you want to kind of consider your money in different buckets. How much money do I have to have in the short term? If the market goes down, so I don't have to take money out of my good investments that are temporarily down, I've got something I can get by on, having your emergency fund, if you will. And then your intermediate time frame and then your longer time frame. So there's different ways to structure investments into different buckets, time frames, if you will. That helps out. Okay. Yep. That that makes sense. That makes sense. So uh, how do you know how much you're going to need? I, I think that's, I mean, that, that's, that is a phenomenal question. I mean, if you don't know how much you're going to need, you're just a rudderless ship just kind of cruising through the sea, <laughs> right? so no. to speak. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you got to have a target. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, at the high level, you want to make sure you've got enough that 4% is going to bolt in with your pension or Social Securities. But make sure your core budget is really on track. You've got to really know exactly what you're spending and be very realistic. A lot of people are not very realistic in what they're spending. They forget to count in gifts and Christmas and things like that. Inflation, you've got to factor in inflation. Even though inflation is really high right now, you still use historical inflation numbers. Long-term care, are you going to use long-term care or self-fund? Uh, and then there's a lot of different taxes. So like our tools will break apart the taxation, depending on whether you have long-term capital gains, short-term capital gains. You've got you know Social Security's tax, different structures, IRA, tax-free money like Roth or a life insurance policy. Uh, the required minimum distribution. You know When you're 72, they've changed that. Now when you're 72, you have to start taking some money out of your pre-tax bucket. And that's a taxable item, so it's an expense that hits at that point. Medicare cost, you want a gap plan, Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan, your drug plan, your co-pays out of pockets. you got to factor this in or at least estimate for it. Uh, you know, A lot of people want to pay their home off. And then, you know, I think you should get debt-free before you retire. But if you pay your home off, sometimes people don't always think about the fact they still have property taxes. They still have you know, homeowner's insurance. So you got to consider those items as well. There's a new rule change, and I'll kind of wrap this thought up with that. There's a new rule change that um, used to be you could inherit a beneficiary-designated account from your parents or whoever, and you could uh, have the required minimum distributions based on your age, and they would stay at that point. Well, now they've changed the rule, and you have to spend that money out of that account within 10 years or move it out of that account within 10 years. Again, it kind of accelerates your taxes, so you've got to make sure you're factoring that into your new retirement planning compared to what you did maybe a year or two ago. So what, what kind of an account are we talking about? Yeah, so it'd be like your 401k, your IRA, anything that money was not anything that was not taxed up front. Okay. You know, it's continued to grow tax deferred, but at some point, Uncle Sam wants his tax money. Well, now with the new rule, they want that money sooner. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Right, right. <laughs> well, so you you kind of went through that quickly, but you said a lot. And one of the things that caught my ear, and I think maybe because I'm kind of in that mode right now, is you need an accurate budget. Right. I mean, it's really easy to go through and say, oh, well, you know, I, I have no expenses for the house. Our house is paid off. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know about you, but in my property tax, and I don't live in a mansion, 
Okay, it's a nice house, but my property taxes are about four hundred bucks a month. Right, and uh, and I'm just like, okay, ouch. And, and then and then the homeowner's insurance is close to a couple hundred dollars a month. There's six hundred bucks right there, even if your house is paid off. Yeah, what about the hot water heater that goes out or the air conditioner goes out? You know, I just it's pretty dropped, hot right now. Yeah, I just dropped twenty eight hundred bucks on a couple of uh, two brand new water heaters. So I mean, there's stuff all the time happening. Right. So anyway, all right. So if this is getting your attention, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think I do need to look at a second opinion. I love the idea of this modeling. Reach out to Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas. Here's the phone number, 913-563-7327. It's 913 913- Five six three seven three two seven, and we'll have more with Bruce coming up next. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week: The amount of Social Security payments increases significantly depending on if you start taking it at age sixty-two, sixty-five, or seventy. Is that statement true or false? The answer coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget, you can stream this program to any electronic device at SeniorCareLive.com or through the app Odyssey, and that's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. It's a statement, actually. The amount of Social Security payments increases significantly depending on if you start taking it out at age 62, 65, or 70. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... False. The answer is false. And Bruce, why is that statement false? Thanks, Steve. Well, although the amounts would be late, you know, bigger the longer you wait, but a lot of people think when they get their statement in the mail, it'll say what the estimate is at 62, and then again at their full retirement age, which may be 66 in some months or 67, and then it'll say at age 70. The reality of it is it goes up at a pace of 8% per year. So every month that you wait, your check would be a little bit higher than if you had started it the month before. So it's actually a smooth trend line from 62 all the way up to 70. 8% per year. Right. But it's broken down month by month on yeah. how much more you're getting. Yeah. Okay. Well, so do you have any recommendations or is it always really dependent on each person in their situation? It is absolutely dependent on each person. And, you know, you have to take into consideration a lot of things like your health, your longevity, um, how much money do you need? Do you have more than you need? I mean, if you've got a lot of money and you really don't need it right now, you might let it sit there and cook and be a bigger check for later. Yeah. If you're working, and this is a really critical point, if you're working and you start Social Security before your full retirement age... And if you're born at 1960 or later, that's 67. But if you are working at the same time, uh, there's a, um, a limit of how much money you can make per year before they start assessing a 50% ta- uh, penalty on top of excess earnings. Oh, my. So, for, yeah, for this year of 2022, it's $19,560 that you could make and still have taken Social Security early. But anything above that, you're going to get penalized 50%. Now, once you, once you hit your full retirement age, then it's fine. It's just the early stuff. So... 
you know, be careful not to start it too soon if you still need to work full time. Okay. So, okay, again, learning. <laughs> <laughs> so, so was it Charlie Sheen always says winning? I, I'm, I always say learning. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, okay. So you can still, uh, 1960 or, or, yeah, 1960 or later is going to be 67. So, you know, a lot of th- the thing about it is, is that, you know, people think, well, what are my sources? And, and Social Security obviously is your biggest, in most cases, it's the biggest source of your retirement income. And yeah. it's the most variable as to what you do. If you're married, maybe we have a spouse start theirs and let ours keep cooking. And how old is your spouse? Is there an age gap there? Things like that. You know, one thing that's critical about the Social Security part of it is a lot of times, you know, generically speaking across the country, ladies tend to outlive their husbands. Yep. But a lot of times because of child rearing years and things like this, oftentimes the husband may be, have been the bigger breadwinner and have the potentially bigger Social Security check. Yep. Well, if they start, if the husband is just like, I'm done, I'm going to retire at 62, and they start their check at 62, it may be roughly about half what it could be if you let it keep cooking till 70. Hmm. Well, let's, exa- let's think about that. If the guy is more apt to die first... And then at the survivor has the, well, they're going to step up to the biggest check. They don't get both. It's not a combination of the two. The survivor gets the biggest check. Well, if you took uh, your retirement early at 62 and you passed away, and we may have an awful lot of little old ladies running around in their 90s with half the amount of money they could have had. Yeah. So it really is, you can't just think about yourself. You've got to think about the family picture as well. That is really, really interesting. And when you say that you could be taxed up to 50%, is that of your Social Security income? Uh, of the Social Security right. amount? So it's, it's a penalty if you make above that. They or just penalize, a penalty, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they penalize the excess earnings above that until you get to your full retirement age. You know, another thing that comes into play a lot is pensions. There aren't as many pensions out there as there used to be. And yeah. More often than not, they tend to be government you know, entities. But uh, and a lot of pit folks that had corporate pensions in the past, they don't trust those. They've seen those get frozen. They've seen them get reduced or, in some cases, eliminated. Yep. You know, Some of the unions are even in court to see if they can reduce it because they've had challenges keeping them funded. See, and I got to say, that's dirty pool. Yeah, all, these, all these people, they counted on that. They're mm-hmm. banking on that. Absolutely. And now you've got some of these companies that are going to be kind of reneging on that, on that promise. Yeah. You know, there's only, I think, about six of the top 100 companies that even offer a pension any longer. And, you know, 40 years ago, it was like 95% of the top 100 yeah. had a pension. But with the pension, you've got to make that decision also. So it could be, do I take a lump sum? Because some pensions allow you to take the money out in a lump sum. And if clients want to do that, or I, I recommend that you may want to take that money and insure it somehow or another. Um, but they, uh, they also can have a, a survivor benefit in some cases, where maybe the survivor continues the same check. Or maybe they get a 75% of the check or 50%. But each decision you make will increase or decrease your monthly check you're going to get from your pension. And then, of course, you run that potential risk of are they going to be solvent to be able to keep paying that that benefit or not. Okay. All right. So are those the two kind of main sources of income that you see? They are. And I'm going to run through a few others. There's going to yeah. be more than what I'm going to mention. But, you know, folks may have some outside income. They may have some farm income. That's pretty common oh, in this area. Yep, yep. Uh, some rental income um, in business. So a lot of folks own businesses and, you know, they may just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm ready to retire. But the reality of it is you, you really need to have about five years of good proper planning in order to maximize what you can get value-wise out of your business if you're going to sell it or turn it over to the employees or next generation, whatever the case is. Um, and then obviously you can work part-time in retirement if you wanted to also. On the farm, we have an awful lot of folks in this generation that have farms that don't want to stay on the farm, but the kids don't want it either. 
but they've got a lot of embedded capital gains on the land. Hmm. And so there are ways you can do what's called a 1031 exchange. That's an IRS code, a way of moving your gains from real estate to another real estate investment property. Ah. So that's something that you could do and get a passive income and maybe not have to stay on the farm if you don't want to. Okay. Uh, but yeah, your investments yield, we talked about that. Um, you know, inheritance is a big issue. Some people may be expecting some inheritance. The national average, if someone gets a windfall of money, whether it be inheritance or bonuses, they may run through that in about 17 months. So there's a lot of different issues with that. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I've heard all those horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what can people do if they have a gap? Yeah. So, see, the main the big things with if you have a gap is I would consider uh, working longer, um, making sure you continue to save if you're going to work longer. If you've got a 401k plan, make sure you're getting the match, make sure you're contributing to the IRA. Uh, but maybe delay starting that social security check. Um, there's just, you know, things like that that you can do. But the main thing is you need to make that adjustment. Don't just retire because you feel like you want to, if you really can't. And, and you need to find this out sooner than later. I, I would, you know, I would start doing some serious planning at age 50, hopefully sooner than that. But, you know, age 50, people wake up and realize, hey, you know, retirement may actually be a reality for me. Kind yeah. Of a funny thing, but. Yeah, that would be a nice surprise. <laughs> but if, if you plan, then it's not a surprise. It is just executing your plan. Right, absolutely. So I love the idea that, um, like you talked about, eight, between age 62 and age 70, you may be close to doubling your retirement income through Social Security because that bumps up 8% per year. That, that's, a, that's a huge deal. Right. And the other thing about it is you work longer. So uh, a lot of people think Social Security may be like a pension where they get the average of the last five years. That's not the way it works. You get the average of the top 35 years you worked. So even though you may not be making as much as you want, it's probably knocking off that part-time job at McDonald's when you're a kid and averaging up your money. So that helps out also if you're waiting, you know, delaying starting your retirement Social Security. Okay. That totally makes sense. And for our listeners, if that makes sense to you, if this is uh, tripping all kinds of triggers and you're like, "Uh oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have some questions. Reach out to Bruce Glenn. He clearly knows what he's talking about at Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas. Here's the phone number, 913-563-7327. Just reach out to Bruce. I would look at a second opinion. Just get some more information. It's not going to hurt you. And guess what? You might be making some changes for the better. Bruce, thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Steve. I appreciate it too. Take care. All right. We'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast at SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So I have been contacted by a lot of people here recently. And, you know, I, I say this all the time. If I'm getting the questions through my firm, Senior Care Live, and just questions through listeners from the radio program and through Senior Care Consulting, then I just feel the nudge that I, I that's something that I need to share. Because if I'm getting that many questions individually, that means 
that's a pretty good sampling. And I think that a lot of people are probably wondering the same thing or may have the same or similar questions. So I want to take a little bit of time today and talk to you about these continuing care retirement communities. And so I work with a lot of people who have stayed home, especially during COVID, and they're, they're still staying home and they're concerned about moving. But those concerns are rapidly decreasing now that most of these senior care communities are open and really with no or very few restrictions. Thank the Lord above, <laughs> right? So, so, uh, so, so we have a lot of folks who are thinking about moving now. And we also have a lot of individuals and families who have been at home and maybe they brought in a home care provider and maybe they provided assistance for four hours a day, six hours a day, eight hours a day, two or three times a week. And now that is increasing and increasing. And let me say, I'm a huge, huge fan of home care assistance within the home. like So non-medical in-home assistance at your home to keep you independent and aging in place at home. I love home care. If you get a really good provider, man, they're, they're worth a million bucks, right? However, if that need increases to the level of 24 hours per day, it gets pretty expensive. It could be 15 to 20 to upwards of $22,000, $25,000 per month, each and every month. Okay, so I don't care how much money you have. That's a lot of money. And if you can afford it, that is fantastic. That's, that's an ideal situation. One-on-one care in your home. However, for a lot of folks, that is is not realistic, that's not affordable. Or maybe it's affordable for a period of time, but maybe not for a long period of time. And at some point you may need to consider moving from your home to a senior care community. All right, so have a lot of folks who have done that. And so I have uh, recently spoken with with several individuals and, and, and couples. And sometimes it's an individual that's just, look, my spouse passed away. I don't want to live here anymore. I want to sell the house. I own it outright, and I'm just, I just want to move to one of these continuing care retirement communities. Or I'm doing well. I'm fully independent, but my husband needs help, and I think at this point it makes more sense to have him receiving help at an assisted living level of care because that's going to reduce our cost from, you know, whatever they're spending to, you know, maybe six, $7,000, maybe $8,000 a month. So I want one of these places where I can have my own independent living apartment and then I can just go down the hall and I can visit my husband. We can spend a lot of time together, but he can get his care in assisted living. And we're still really together in the, in the same, within the same structure within the same organization. So that makes sense. And there are just a lot of people who are just tired of living at home alone. They're socially isolated. They're tired of dealing with home repairs and all of that. And they want to sell their house. They want to downsize. And they just want to move to an independent living apartment and let their hair down and just relax and and be around other people and, 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 and be able to have that peace of mind to age in place. 
And so a continuing care retirement community is the place for you if that is along your situation or maybe if that's your story. So a continuing care retirement community, it's, it's just like it sounds. They have all of the above. They have independent living, and I'll break this down a little bit here in a second. They have independent living, assisted living, and long-term care. So you, you've got the big three. Right. Many of them. And here's where it starts to break down and get a little more complicated, actually a lot more complicated. Many of them have an entrance fee, otherwise known as a buy in. And with that buy in or with that entrance fee, you're writing a six figure check. It could be one hundred and eighty, one hundred and ninety thousand dollars. It could go all the way up to five hundred, six hundred thousand, maybe even seven hundred thousand dollars. Now, that's a big check to write on the front end. So how does that work? Well, most of them are tied to an agreement that would return 90% back to you. So if you should choose to move to another location or another community, you would get 90% of that entrance fee back or that buy-in back. Some of the contracts are 80%, 70%, 50%. Uh, more often than not, most of them that I see are 90%. Now, you could also age in place until you pass. And if, if, if you do pass away at a continuing care retirement community, so you live there for the rest of your life, then that 90% goes back to your estate. So it's at the end of the day, it's costing you 10%. And then there are the monthly fees moving forward. Well, Steve, I would rather move into one of these places I'm very interested but I don't want to tie up you know two three four hundred thousand dollars I'd rather have my financial advisor like Bruce Glenn and the wealth team at, at wealth planning team at Infinitas I'd rather have that those guys continuing to manage my money and make me money on my money I, I'd rather do that I don't want to tie that up are there any places that don't have the entrance fee and the answer is the good news is yes there are places that are just a rental only. It's just a different philosophy, a different approach, and a different model. So they don't believe in asking someone to tie up all of that money. They don't want to deal with that and deal with 90% refund and all of that business. They are just a rental only. So you come in and you pay for what you need. And then there is another type called a life care community or life care agreement. Life plan community, there's some different terminology for it, but basically how it works is let's say you write a check for $300,000 and you move in. This thing amortizes 2% per month over 50 months. So if you look at your pile has $300,000 and then their pile is zero, then 2% every month. So your pile is decreasing and then their pile of money is increasing to where at the end of 50 months, there is a $0 returned or refunded. So the big giant question is, what do you get for that 300,000 or 200, 400, whatever your number is? In those type of plans, and this is a good plan for some people, not for everyone. But in those type of plans, here's how this works. 
So let's say you move into, I'm going to use some nice, easy round numbers. You move into independent living and that costs $4,000 per month. Well, what they'll do is they will lock in your cost for life at that independent living cost of $4,000. And then several years down the road, when you need assisted living, and let's say assisted living normally costs $7,000 per month, you're locked into four. So instead of paying them $7,000, you'll pay them $4,000. So you're saving $3,000 a month. Let's say down the road, you need long-term care. So you move to long-term care. And let's say long-term care costs $12,000 per month. You still pay $4,000 per month. And now you're saving $8,000 per month. So if you're, if your lifespan, you know, if, if you're going to spend kind of the national average of two and a half years in assisted living and two and a half years in long-term care, you can see how all of those months of, you know, three, four, $5,000 a month saving, and then, you know, six, seven, eight, $9,000 a month saving in long-term care, you add that up and you could meet or exceed that 90% or that, that hundred percent, or is that that $300,000? Hopefully that's not too confusing, right? So you just paid in advance in that example, $300,000 you paid in advance for future discounted healthcare. You may or may not get that back. Now here's my challenge with that one. You've basically turned into an insurance policy. Your money is now a self-funded long-term care insurance policy. So, the problem with that is, what if you pass away in the 51st month? That, you never realized any of those savings. That was a terrible investment. If you live to the age of 100, that was a phenomenal investment. So that's the risk. And it's just, so I think if you're younger and you're in great health, I think that's probably a, a, a good risk to take. If you're a lot older and you have health issues, I don't think that's a very good risk at all. I don't. I just don't think it's a good use of your money. Okay, so coming up next, I'm going to continue discussing these continuing care retirement communities, how they work, what they cost, and what they offer. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so I'm talking about continuing care retirement communities. If you ever hear the the acronym or abbreviation CCRC, that's what that is. And what that is is in all of the above. It has independent living, assisted living, and long-term care. So I just talked about the different models and I had this conversation with a super nice lady uh, earlier in the week. And and she was actually the lady uh, I referred to her in one of the earlier segments with Bruce Glenn. 
she literally said, Steve, I, you know, I want to talk to you about this and I'm very interested, but you know, with, with my investments and the stock market is tanking and inflation, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to afford this. So we had a really good conversation about all of this. Uh, she had a strong preference for a no entrance fee rental only type of a model. And she said, are there any good places that offer that? And the, the great news is, yes, there are. However, I'll say the majority of places do have one of these entrance fees. The majority of the entrance fee contracts are 90% back, uh, 90% refund if you move or upon your death, that would go to your estate. Again, there are a few other contracts, 80, 70, and 50% refunded. And then you've got those life care contracts that in 50 months, there's no refund, but you have a, a low monthly fee that's locked in at your independent living rate for life. And so those things, the younger you are and the better health you are, the better of a, uh, I think the, the better of a gamble that might be for you, the more advantageous financially it might be. If you're older, again, just a quick review, if you're older with some health concerns and you're not sure if you're going to get that value back, um, maybe not the best investment. It's, it's a big gamble. And again, what happens if you die on the 51st month? That was a terrible investment. Okay. So, but it's, I uh, look, I've had a lot of clients over the years and they were younger in great health and they thought that was a very good opportunity and it was, and it's really worked out for them. So, uh, it, so I guess my point is these continuing care retirement communities by far and away, they are the most difficult level of care or, or, or senior care community to try to unwrap Peel those layers away to determine which one is best for you. And that's why my firm with Senior Care Consulting, we're working with more and more people to make sure that they get that right. That is a huge decision. I'm, I'm, I run a, an advertisement I have for a while that says, don't make a six-figure mistake. Contact Senior Care Consulting so that we can help you avoid that. And I'm not kidding. We've helped a lot of people avoid six-figure mistakes. Now, with the continuing care retirement community, again, you move in, the concept, you move into independent living, you move into a nice apartment. Some of these places have standalone villas or maybe duplexes or maybe fourplexes. I would say the majority of inventory in our listening area, in our reach here, it would be apartments. But these are nice apartments. Okay, and you can have a studio, a one-bedroom, or two-bedroom. Some of them even have three-bedroom. They're, they're palatial, I'll say. Uh, but uh, they're, they're very nice apartment homes. And full kitchen, you can do all the cooking you want. They provide at least one meal per day, and many of them a couple of meals per day. And sometimes you can get all of your meals, but at least one meal per day. So that takes a little load off there. They provide all of, the, uh, all of your utilities, all of the maintenance, uh, all of that. You don't have to deal with any of that kind of stuff. There are some some social activities that you can plug into. Uh, they have transportation that can run you, you know, to the grocery store once a week if needed. And there, there's just there's a lot of nice support. But you are there's no care provided there. You are fully an independent. You're on your own, but you're not alone. You're surrounded by a lot of other folks there, right? So that's how those things work. The average monthly cost in our area, I'm going to say, is about $4,000 to $5,000 per month. And that's going to be an average. Can you find a place less than that? Yep, absolutely. Can you spend more than that? 
Yes, you sure can. Now, if you're a couple moving, you don't take that times two. So let's say if your average cost for, let's say it's $4,500 for the apartment that you're looking at, and you and your spouse are moving in. There's just a small second person fee. It's not double. It's not $9,000, each. be $4,500 plus maybe five, six, $700 a month for that second person fee. And that's basically covering your meals is basically what that's doing. Okay, so that's how that works. And then again, the concept, age in place and never have to change your address or never have to uh, change the organization that you're, that you're affiliated with. And then you can move, if you need a little more help down the road, you can transition. You can literally move down the hallway where if it's a campus style setting, you can move, you know, right down the street or maybe right across the lawn, okay, to a different building for assisted living. And uh, assisted living, I've discussed assisted living many times on the program. It's a social model. It's not a medical model, but there's a tremendous amount of support there. And they can help you minimally or fully with your activities of daily living, such as bathing, dressing, grooming. They can help you use the toilet if that's necessary. They can help you to a point with your incontinence management if that's if that's a, a need or an issue. They will distribute your medications uh, so that you get those on time. And a lot of folks, they don't need that. I mean, they can manage their own meds. But if you need, if you need them or would like for them to manage their meds, they can do that. There's a full slate of activities for meaningful social engagement and quality of life. Doctors come to that assisted living community, essentially making house calls. There's transportation to take you to doctor's appointments outside of the, that, that building or that community. So there is, there is a tremendous amount of support. It's just not medically based for the majority, for the most part. Okay. It's a social model, but there's a lot of support. That's assisted living. If you need more help than that, you can transition again down the hall or another part of that community or maybe down the block or across the lawn if it's a campus-style setting to long-term care, uh, also known as a nursing home. And don't throw tomatoes, my, my friends in senior care, <laughs> right? I, I know that's that's a, uh, that's a, a, a not a preferred... I guess, title or phrase, but guess what? Here's the reality of it. About 90% of the general public still call it a nursing home. So I don't play those games too much, right? But I do generally refer to that as long-term care. And in long-term care, that is a medical model where they can help you. They can, they can provide everything that, that assisted living can provide plus full medical care, diabetic management and insulin injections, Wound care, tube feeding, IV therapy, if that might be needed, and up to a two-person transfer if a person is weakened to the point where it takes two staff members to help move you from point A to point B. So there's a just a tremendous, there's more staffing in long-term care. There's a tremendous amount of, of, of support, and it's medically based, and that's in long-term care. And the whole concept is you move in and you have that peace of mind knowing, hey, I never have to worry about this stuff and I can just relax and live my life in comfort and in confidence knowing that the care that I may need down the road is here and will be provided. So if you and your family are interested in exploring those options and you want professional 
objective assistance and guidance, I would encourage you to reach out to my firm, Senior Care Consulting. We can help you through that and help you make a decision with confidence. And we might even help you avoid a six-figure mistake. That phone number is 913-945-2800, 913-945-2800, or online at SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right, I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.